Welcome back, everybody. This is part two of our conversation about making booze with Marshall Fowley from Lerman Beverage Law. Coming up, we pick up where we left off with my question about that exact point when distilling alcohol becomes unlawful. We'll also discuss buying and selling illegal moonshine, making hand sanitizers, and where people can turn to lawfully make whiskey. We now return to our conversation. We hope you enjoy. My next question for you, uh, Marshall, is a what, when, and who question, and I want to set it up just a little bit. And so kind of getting back to what we we discussed earlier with, you know, being able to buy a hobby still on Amazon, it's totally legal to buy a still, no, no problem there. And it's legal to put it together. It's even totally fine and totally legal to operate it if you're just distilling water and, and other legal substances. Right. It's when you get into that alcohol creation, that's when it becomes illegal, but it's also totally fine and totally legal to buy the ingredients. So exactly when does it become illegal to do that? Is it when you throw like suddenly all the ingredients find themselves into the pot or is it when you like purposely apply heat to it? When does it become an actual crime? So it's it's really what your intention is with the production. And the linchpin here is, are you producing beverage alcohol? So like you said, if you want to make distilled water, you certainly can. If you want to make a distillate of herbs and spices, you certainly can. But once that product crosses the line into a beverage, an alcohol beverage product, then all of the bells and whistles get rang, the red flags start flying, and that's where you start getting in trouble. During the pandemic, you know, I saw in Colorado, we have uh, colleagues out that work out there. They were talking about some of these distilleries making hand sanitizers. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, as I understand from some of my reading, if you followed uh, certain recipes, that was totally fine, too. You did not necessarily have to get some type of certification to do that during the pandemic. What was, uh, can you do that as a hobby distiller? So, that really falls under uh, federal uh, Food and Drug Administration regulations and a little bit outside of my ballywick, but typically if you're following the instructions and formulas for certain, it's called uh, specially denatured spirits, SDS, and there are certain formulas that the federal regulations have to properly denature a spirit. And denaturing really just means that you're adding something to ethyl alcohol so it's not ingestible. It's no longer uh, able to be drank. And if you do drink it, it's not going to taste good. It may make you sick, sick to your stomach. It's not going to do permanent harm, but it's basically now outside of that beverage alcohol sphere. So yeah, a lot of distilleries were creating hand sanitizers based on these SDS formulas, formulas that were provided by the World Health Organization and formulas that were provided by FDA itself. And they were allowed to do so under their distillery permits, their federal distillery permits, rather than getting another type of license for um, an SDS permit or or some other uh, license at the federal level that allows companies to denature alcohol, buy and sell denatured alcohol, or even, in some cases, manufacture products from the denatured alcohol. 
Well, it was a great marketing scheme too, because uh, you know some of the people that I talked to, you know, you come in, get the hand sanitizer, then you'd buy a, a jug of whiskey while you were there. Oh, so absolutely, got you in the door. <laughs> well, what one more uh, one more question on the crime aspect of uh, distilling alcohol here, and so you know, just like uh, illicit drugs, you know, the illegal drugs out there, you know, it's still a crime federally to buy and also sell the illicit drugs. Now, when it comes to illegally created alcohol, is it also a crime to both buy and sell? So generally speaking, yes, most of these regulations are going to be um, specific penalties are going to be governed by specific state law. So, so it could vary, you know, amongst all 50 states. But yes, it's typically illegal to make alcohol without being properly licensed. It's illegal to sell or give away distilled spirits when you're not properly licensed. And in most jurisdictions that I'm aware of, it's illegal to buy illegally manufactured alcohol. Okay, last question for you, Marshall. And so, you know, we've got a hobby distiller out there that might be interested in getting into this and kind of hearing all the things that we've talked about today, still interested in moving forward, trying to learn how this process works, maybe, you know, make some family liquor for the holidays and things like that. How do they do that legally? What are the steps that they need to follow in order to do this successfully, do it legally, do it safely? Sure. So, so my first bit of advice would be to form a company, you know, you know form some sort of entity where you, you're limiting your own personal liability. You know, and I think that's good advice for anybody getting into any type of business, like, like get an entity, have something set up where the entity will be the holder of your permits, your licenses. Find a suitable facility. Uh, you know, it could be a warehouse somewhere. Uh, it's, it's important to check local zoning ordinances to make sure that the particular property is properly zoned for manufacturing. Uh, a lot of localities have specific alcohol zoning regulations, so you just got to check on that because you don't want to enter a lease and find out six months later while the application process is going through to get your distillery license that you can't produce there. You know, it's the worst case scenario. And then I highly recommend anyone who's interested in getting into this industry to contact an attorney who specializes in this industry. We're out there, we're around, there are a number of us, and we can really walk you through the other steps. There's, you know, I've mentioned licensing. There, there's the federal licensing, there's state licensing that's required. Uh, there are personnel questionnaires that have to be submitted to the federal government. And there's um, some financial background stuff that has to be reviewed. So, so there's all sorts of kind of minor things that, well, I shouldn't say minor, small things that add up to the larger goal of getting licensed that you need to make sure your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, and, and you're not missing anything. Because, you know, if you miss something early on, then uh, it could come back to bite you at the worst possible time. When I said that was my last question, I actually lied. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good attorney. That that's <laughs> no, no. There you go. There you go. So, but uh, you know, I, I'm aware of these classes. You know, for brewing beer, where you know some places will open up their kitchen facilities, and you can kind of make your own batch as part of this sort of educational thing. You pay for the course, and maybe you do it with a significant other, and you make your own kind of you know craft beer that you have to force yourself to like when it's done, right? And so, uh, <laughs> is there is there anything like that with uh, you know distilling alcohol? Are there like some of these distilleries, you know, because they're licensed, they've got the facility in a safe place and they've got people that know how to 
do this? Is there any place where they can teach other people to do this so that eventually at some point when they want to do it on their own, they can do it in a safe, effective way? There are. And I think it's a matter of doing some research. There are a couple of distilleries out there who I know will, during the tour, if you go to take a distillery tour, they will walk you through the process and you can learn. But but off the top of my head, the the best well-known type of class, I think, is actually called Moonshine University. And it's in Kentucky. It's not open to the general public. You have to call and and reserve a spot in a class. And, and I I think it's a couple of days where the head distiller and the distillery team at the facility walks the students through the entire process and really teaches them from grain selection to sourcing materials, all the way to production, bottling, and getting the spirits out the door. Well, Marshall, it was a real pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Absolutely, Lawrence. It was a pleasure. And if our listeners, they might have questions or maybe they want to hire your services, where can they find you? Sure. Um, our website is bevlaw, B-E-V-L-A-W.com. And my email is simply marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, at bevlaw.com. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Without you, there's no show, and that's certainly no fun. And once again, thank you to our sponsors for making this program possible. Noda, you can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal. That's Noda spelled N-O-T-A. And lastly, but never leastly, thank you to our team, producer Molly McDonough and our LTN audio crew for all their continued hard work and sometimes humoring me. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 